Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to this special live edition of STS on a Sunday evening, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in all of true crime. And uh, tonight we bring to you a, uh, like I said, a special show and a special man, Tim Jansen. He's been doing all of our trial coverage up to this point, a phenomenal job, live streaming coverage. We're going to continue. I will be by Tim's side tomorrow morning, promptly 8.40 a.m. Eastern time ahead of what is expected to be closing arguments in the Charlie Adelson trial. And then below Tim, none other than Katie Cool Lady. She is a a victim's advocate. Uh, Her own sister was murdered. Uh, She's had a difficult go at it, but has turned her life around. And she is uh, one of the coolest people I know. So she gave herself a fitting name. Got to meet her and Tim, obviously, both in person in Tallahassee. And last but not least, (laughs) you nodded right on cue. Carm, thank you for joining us this Sunday night. It's my pleasure. You look beautiful. Thank you. You look stunning. Um, Thank you. So uh, without further ado, and this was a late call here, and shout out to the COE. uh, We're going to hear some wiretaps that were not admitted into evidence, and they really go to Charlie's character. They show you the type of person he is, and I will let you judge. Uh, We have four different wiretaps. Uh, We're going to listen to them together. Before we get there, uh, there is a special, special Patreon and YouTube member event at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight, one hour and 58 minutes away. You get to ask Carm anything and me anything. It's basically an open forum. Carm, are you nervous knowing that people could ask you literally anything? Sorry, I'm not nervous. You're not at all. You can handle whatever comes your way. Whatever. Okay, whatever. I may sometimes uh, do the fifth. Take the fifth? Take the fifth. It is your constitutional right. Do you want Tim Jansen there to act as your counsel? I would love him to act anytime I need counsel. I will pick him. You'll act. uh, ask Tim Jansen. Anytime, Carm. I'm your counsel. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Katie Cool Lady, I saw your video. You're out on a park bench. What kind of tribute did you uh, establish today? Tell us about this bench and what you are doing. Well, I filmed on the bench. There is a memorial bench at a park um, that Dan used to walk to with his kids and at at a playground at the park near their home. And Karen Cyphers told me about it when I told her about this project and was looking for a special place to film. And she suggested that it was just perfect. It was very emotional to be there. Um, the project is this, my birthday's tomorrow. So I happy usually birthday I'm turning 64 tomorrow, if you could believe that. So looks fantastic. Uh, baby, baby. <laughs> anyway, so I I do I tend to do something um like acts of kindness on my birthday or giving projects on my birthday. I've been doing that for a few years now. So I thought, well, what should I do this time? Because I'm down here at the trial, right? So I had some extra signed copies of Ruth Markell's book. So I thought I'm gonna incorporate those into some sort of giving project. And what I came up with, um, because people may not know when you are dealing with the legal system now for 33 years for me and my sister's homicide, that 
it starts to become a situation where people know more about the murderers than they do the victim. In fact, some cases, the victim's name just isn't even mentioned anymore. And this has been a long haul for the Markells, and there's a lot of emphasis on that A word, that family. And I just felt like I wanted to bring Dan Markell back into view. So I created this project where today I ask people to go out and do random act of kindness or get some sort of giving in the name of Dan Markell and to speak his name and to the world or write it down as part of the project. Like it makes specifically in his honor and people literally from all over the world are doing projects today and getting back with me. There's well over a hundred already. I did my own today. I was, um, I'll just tell you real quickly what that was, but that I, through people that I'm meeting here, you know, Joel, like all these really cool people that you're meeting at the trial and related to the trial. I met, I was put together with the woman who was um, teaching the exercise class at Premier Fitness the day that Dan was killed. So truly one of the last people to see him alive. And not that I've met her, I just know who she is. And so I thought, you know, this is one of the many people who has been affected by this, but like nobody knows about, and she's been dealing with it in her own way. And so I bought her a gift and I dropped it off at Premier Fitness today and wrote a card um, just about like, I acknowledge you and what you've gone through. And I, I can only imagine he was a regular at her class and she truly was one of the last people to see him alive. And like, that has to be heavy. So that's what's happening today. And um, tomorrow they'll be on my channel, a thread where people can share their random act of kindness. I was with the family today. And as the comments were coming in, I was reading to them in person what people were doing literally all over the world. And so tomorrow there'll be a thread where people can share everything that they've done. And then the Markells can tap into it anytime they want and see what people have done in Dan's name. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, by the way, being in Tallahassee was incredible. An a, a amazing group of people who have come together to support the Markells. God, I had a lot of time to talk to Phil Markell and Shelly Markell, both amazing people. Ruth, uh, you tend to hear more about Ruth, but, and Phil is a quiet guy, but a very smart, sweet man. And, uh, told him that we are all here uh, to help support him. Andy's school coming to us from Detroit. That bench video made me cry. Katie Cool Lady's video as I listened while driving. Guilty verdict coming. I promise. Uh, Giovanna Stefano says, Katie Cool Lady, I saw your video. So emotional. Hi, Carm. So happy to see you. Carm, special, special shout out to Valerie. Tell people who Valerie is and what she told you. Valerie is the lady who is the concierge in the building where I live. And uh, because I gave Joel my car to go to Tallahassee, uh, I needed to get an Uber. And uh, while I was waiting for the Uber, she told me, she almost like, she hugged me and she said, you will never believe it. I never miss uh, one about the Markel case. I haven't missed anything. As a matter of fact, I took a day off from work to to be um inv to, to, to watch, to watch this and trial. what did she say that she said it's going to be a what verdict and she says he's guilty and she's this lady is very smart so valerie yeah. uh said to me she didn't know i would talk about it especially <laughs> not on the air she'll probably kill me when i get back <laughs> michelle pretorius coming to us from uh south africa tim and karma one show great hi everyone hello to you and katie cool lady is special uh, what is this question um look at this bringing up my history. 
Joel, state <laughs> tennis champion of what state exactly? That would be uh, the state of New Jersey. Three time, by the way, not just single time, three time and uh, county champ. And who, is, the, and who is bragging? Yeah, going back to the mid 1980s here. I'm still living uh, 35 years ago. So, Tim, yeah. uh, tomorrow, according to schedule, Right. We should hear closing arguments. Walk us through the procedure. What's going to happen when uh, Judge Everett gavels the court back into session in the morning? He'll give them some preliminary instructions about the uh, closing arguments, and then he'll turn it over to the state. Now, the state gets the first part and the last part of closing. Uh, sometimes judges allow them to split it up, meaning Sarah could do the first part, and then Georgia could do the rebuttal. I think that would be a great idea if that is done, because I think Sarah could walk through everything like she did in the opening. Um, she's very low key. She's pretty good with the facts. And then the rebuttal is where you save your best and your most important stuff because the defense doesn't get to respond. Mm -hmm. And it's a rebuttal to their argument. So I'm, I'm pretty sure she's got a pretty good rebuttal. That is so important. It didn't used to be that way, I will tell you. Uh, the law used to be that if you put any evidence in the case other than your defendant, then the state got what we called the sandwich. And many years ago, when the legislature was changing that law, I went there to not let it happen as a defense lawyer. So I was arguing against Willie Maggs. So I went up there and they said, who do you represent? And I said, the citizens of Tallahassee. <laughs> so I got up and made my and argument. How did that go over, Tim? Well, it, it went over great. Real but the guy says, I said, why do they keep saying the government supports this? Why do they keep saying that? And he came back and told me, yeah, because every Republican's going to vote against you. Every Democrat's going to vote for you. And you're going to lose by one. And mm -hmm. Willie got up and said, Ladies and gentlemen, the very reason why we don't want this is because we don't we want to be able to talk after Mr. Jansen in closing. And I lost five to four. It was it was an experience. My first time going before the legislature. Wow. Uh, I'm not a political person, but it was it was an experience. Uh, that's an interesting story. Uh, Don Hagerman, a guilty verdict will be Katie Kool-Aid's wow. birthday present. Happy early birthday. Uh, Becky Ireland, glad you made it home safely. I'm praying that the prosecutor does a better job on closing arguments. I still want to see justice for Dan and his family. Uh, Katie, how are you feeling uh, the night before the big day? Someone said they hate Mondays, as do I, and uh, have never waited more anxiously for Monday. How are you feeling tonight? I feel good. I feel confident. I feel. I talked to Carl Steinbeck yesterday for an hour and <laughs> and I call him, <laughs> and he's very confident. A quick guilty verdict, and I'm right there with him. Good. So, Tim, yeah, tell us what what is Georgia doing this weekend? What is Rashbaum doing this weekend? How do they set themselves up? How much of this is already done? What's their strategy for each side going into tomorrow? Well, Rashbaum's already done, right? His story, this book, or this fable that you want to call it has been pre-rehearsed. It's been set. He knows every line. His little, his, you know, he's got his script. So he's going to follow through with his script. Um, he may have to answer to Wendy, depending on what happens in the first part of the state's closing, because he didn't anticipate Wendy coming in here and testifying that she just heard it. Um, 
Georgia's going to, she made her point. She's got her big points. Um, she's going to stick with the law and she's going to say and, and show how ridiculous his statements were, how every answer he had an answer for. And he said extortion, she said 125 times because those were speaking points. It's more like a po- politician. He was regurgitating those speaking points. Now, he was testifying for what, eight hours on yeah. direct? He never once says, I don't recall, I don't remember. And he was given dates and times, events nine years earlier. And then Georgia got up and asked him about a call, and he gave the exact date. He's got it memorized. And so she realized quite quickly she wasn't going to get him to buckle. So she made her points, she got out, and she's going to put it all together in closing. Uh, Shannon McCarthy with a super sticker uh, for Katie Cool Lady, a happy birthday sticker. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this. Plant Piggies, hi. Thanks for all your hard work. It's been uh, quite a bit of work. Again, huge shout out to COE behind the scenes who uh, put these wiretaps together that we're going to listen to in a few minutes. Space Coast on the West Coast. And of course, Steve Cohen, Meve Moen, uh, doing the job that he always does uh, behind the scenes. Shout out to Steve Cohen. Took We drove uh, about 15 hours together, he and I. Bearded Reactions. 999 super sticker here. I was on the fence until he took the stand. He is guilty. I think he paid them to unalive Dan. Then they ran out of money, so they extorted him. Interesting. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, but interesting. Carm, Tim Jansen once famously said that the reason Wendy Adelson wore the same dress, the first and second time. I, I know that. Because she's an actor. Play, it's a costume. Did, to Tim's point that he used the word extortion, I think it was 121 you times that he I, knew specific dates. You know you what? You don't ever I, cut off the interviewer. Let me finish the question. That means you're not really listening, Carm. I'm listening, not, and I know, unfortunately, because I know you for a while, I know where you're going. Go ahead and answer, Carm. Well, I think I think the interesting part is that you all say it's like a play, that it's a rehearsed play, but good actors for make you forget while you are listening to them that it's a play and you really think it's real life. And I think that this guy is dangerously, dangerously uh, good, uh, Charlie's. And for that reason, I am very paranoid, suspicious person, but I, at times he sounded so good that I could even go with his reasoning. I mean, I know the underlying story is completely uh, a baloney, and I'm aware of that. But what I'm saying that he has certain uh, uh, skills that the devil has, but mm. he has them very developed. She does. Go ahead, Katie. Can I speak to that? So, Carm, I want. I wish I could go back and remember the exact quote, but this might make you and people feel better about that because there was a quote, I believe Sarah said in the opening, that something like, you're not making a decision about Charlie Adelson, the person. You're making a decision about the facts of what he did. And I hope they separate that again in the closing. So it really does, like, guide them to to remove the persona, like you said, the actor. So I think that's exactly why people got very nervous with that cross, exactly what you're describing. It's like this hypnotic effect of him that takes you out. And it's it's a clown show. I mean, when you step back, but I think them giving the permission to get him out of the equation and what he did only to deliberate on is going to be taking him to the guilty. 
And Carm, uh, you are a licensed therapist by trade. What is the hallmark of a pathological liar? Well, first of all, if to lie well, you have to believe yourself. You're, at that moment, like you have to believe the lie yourself. And I think, I think that he that did not get to that level of the that he believed himself all along. I think he knew he was BSing, but he BSed ex, in an excellent fashion. Uh, like a, a superior fashion. And it it's very, very scary because he memorized even the page on which certain... Um, Tim, is that the kind of thing that jurors are going to notice, that he knew a page number, that he knew an exact date from nine years ago? Because it doesn't, it doesn't uh, compute. Yeah, and a regular person might not know what they had for lunch three days earlier, but this guy could, could tell you the date, time, and page. On the transcript, Carm's right. He he mentioned the, the date and the page on the transcript. Um, he's a very, very smart guy. He's been he sitting in- Go ahead. I broke the rule of interrupting. But he, right, says, he, he says in that thing, he says, oh, it was only a two and a half minute long uh, right. phone oh. call. Yes. So he knows exactly the length of... The, the, the uh, he may have photographic memory too. He doesn't strike me as a type. Uh, Carm, he barely got into dental school, <laughs> barely got out of dental school. I don't think he's got a photogenic memory. I think he's a quad, a narcissist and a somewhat sociopath. And I think he's found ways to get out of trouble. Like we're going to hear some of these tapes by using the emergency room doctor. Um, and I think it was pro- it was planned. It was rehearsed, and they had all the material. He's sitting in a jail cell for a year to prepare his defense. Yeah. Um, H. Moz just became a YouTube member. Reminder, 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight, a special event. Ask Carm anything. It is for YouTube and Patreon members only. Not too late to sign up. Um, Maybe the COE can put the links in there for uh, Patreon and YouTube members. Special Ask Carm anything. It is uh, the Sunday night ahead of the trial. And uh, look at this from Black Widow, Tim. This is no small feat. She's a tough woman from the Republic of Ireland. I love Tim. Uh, she keeps uh, people straight in the chat. I know that. And then we've got uh, Catherine. Thank you, Black Widow. Yeah. And that's uh, Catherine in Maui after the Maui fires. Meg P, Tim, thank you for being here. Tim Jansen, before we get to these wiretaps. Yep. You know, Georgia really chipped away at this whole double extortion theory. It was this notion that he was on a layaway plan with the Latin King gangs and he could only pay 138000 and he was now paying Katie $3,000 a month. I mean, it's just at its base, at its core, it is a ridiculous, ridiculous theory. But the jurors, and by the way, there is one juror that has me concerned, and Katie and I talked about this in person, sits on the top row all the way closest to the door where the bailiff leads him in and out. He's just He makes odd faces. Sometimes he looks like he's nodding in agreement with Daniel Rashbaum. He's probably the only one that really looks at Charlie on the stand. So, Katie, have you changed your mind about him at all? He's just tough to read. I have, but I can't reveal why. I'm sorry. Okay. I bet I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the better or for the worse? Yo, let me ask you something. You said he's on the top row. So there's mm-hmm. six across, six in the middle, and he's number 13? 
There is word that he's an alternate. We don't if know. Number, if he's number 13, he's an alternate. Yeah, I think he might be an alternate. That is what someone said. I can tell you this. The women, the majority of women appear to be middle age or close to middle age African-American women. And I can I grew up the child of a psychiatrist and the son of a social worker sitting next to me. They do not like Charlie Adelson. I can tell you that I'm watching them. They do not like him. And Tim, to our point that we've discussed so many times, I don't think they like Daniel Rashbaum. Now, if they had Tim Jansen in there, a Tallahassee local, you know, you're one of them, Tim. Uh, Daniel Rashbaum is a definite outsider. Does that hurt Charlie in some ways, potentially? It does. I, I'm probably sure that I probably know at least one or two of those jurors. It's a small town. I've either represented somebody or know somebody. Um I don't understand why these lawyers and these families from South Florida come up here and don't hire a local lawyer who knows the judges, who knows the jurors. I, I think it's their disdain. They think everything up north is we're smarter than them. It's a hunky little town. We can pull the wool over these people. We're more sophisticated. Uh, and it hasn't worked yet, has it? Um, I thought the whole fiasco with the juror consultant picking the jury was a major mistake. I think that was the first major mistake. Um, I think not having a competent local council to help break up the work and divvy it up for was another big mistake. Um, but you know, people, it's his, it's his money, it's his life and his defense, and we'll see what the jury does. One one thing that I observed. And nobody, I didn't hear anybody else mention is how condescending Charlie was to uh, to Georgia. Yes, and and I have it to say it was uncomfortably almost. You wanted to scream at him the way he talked down to her. And by the way, Carm was doing her homework. She watched all week, and she immediately texted me and said, "I think the reason Georgia is calling him doctors." Some people were asking, "Is that doctors?" are overwhelmingly convicted in criminal trials because no, jurors in, in malpractice oh malpractice well because they don't like uh the fact that they're know-it-alls uh there's an old joke what's the difference between god and a doctor god doesn't know everything that's the old joke my dad used to tell it so charlie came across that way katie go ahead to carm's point i i i did hear somebody else say that too so you're really good to catch up catch up on that the misogyny that was coming through with the way he was treating georgia um, oh, shoot. There were, oh, and so he's simultaneously doing that and these little digs at her. And at the same time, he's a shrinking violet and afraid of this tiny Filipino woman without a weapon who keeps threatening him and he's afraid and needs her protection. Right. So it, it, it doesn't fly. And, you know, and you by, know the way, I, she, and by the way, she stays the night after extorting him. Go ahead, Tim. You know, I think he respects Georgia. I think he's fearful of Georgia. But could you imagine if Sarah would have done the cross? Could you imagine his responses to her? They would have been even multiplied. He would have showed disrespect for her. And Sarah has a, is a very likable person, a very common sense. And when she cross-examined Katie last time, just simple questions, she was listening, she'd tear her apart. And I thought Sarah might do a better, could have done a better job than Georgia, just because of their personalities. Look at this, Carm, from... Nietzsche's muse, 
Carmen, Carm, you raised an outstanding journalist. How about that, Carmen? You have anything to say to Yeah, I worked on it from kindergarten on. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Carm and Katie, the queens of justice. They are here live. Uh, Look at this from Carol. Best guests, but also best format and better community. Don't forget it. We're coming for you. Super Bowl halftime show starring Tim Jansen and Katie (laughs) Kool-Aid. Carm will be at the Super Bowl halftime show. She will be... uh, Brought down via cables from, I was from a helicopter. I was, I was. I was. I remember seeing yeah, those, like uh, Lady Gaga style, yeah, yeah, from the fifty-yard line. Carm, they will. Uh, they will have you rappel down a helicopter at the. Uh, I need Super a belt. I need show. a belt. I don't want to finish so my day. Some flying. inside baseball for those of you who don't know. Carm always comes in. It was at the moment that my discovered that my kids. I know for a fact. I left my studio key right here on this desk that I'm sitting at and uh, being away for five or six days, things disappear. So I couldn't get into the global headquarters. So we're coming to you from Studio 1K. It's not so bad. It's not, but I was ready to just rip my kids' heads off. So sometimes it's good to be at court. Don't it, even make that joke. Somebody will say you are a child abuser. Sometimes when you're at court, it uh, prevents child abuse. I love my kids. I would never hurt them. Uh, <laughs> there we go. So Tim, one more thing, and then we'll get into some of these uh, wiretaps, which we'll get a reaction from Katie and Carmon. You know, I went back and rewatched The Cross, and I have to say, in the courtroom, two things. Number one, it's a little hard to hear Charlie because he's Mm soft-spoken. Number two, you know, he's blocked uh, most of the time by Georgia. And there was no a Perry Mason moment, as everyone is saying. There was no gotcha, but she starts off and she says, Doctor, have you heard ever heard the saying that the simplest explanation is always the most likely was your explanation to the jury over the last little over a day, the simplest explanation. And that really stood out for me. My point is she was making, uh, she was scoring points in that cross that I didn't realize in the courtroom. I don't know if you went back and watched it, but, uh, your thoughts after having digested it a little bit. Well, I think everybody was hoping for the knockout. Everybody believes he's not telling the truth. So our expectations built up because we had to wait a whole day to see him. And we were hoping that Georgia would just tear him apart and he would make an admission or not answer. He didn't do that. He, 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 he fired back. She hit her shots. He came back with counter punches and he stuck to his script and he kept saying about extortion. Um, I think she realized that I'm not going to get much from him. the only question I say, uh, I think one point she missed, um, he gave her an answer that opened the door because it was about Sigfredo and Sigfredo being high on drugs and stoned and Lewis did the shooting. She should have gone right there and says, well, doesn't your whole defense require that Sigfredo and Lewis on their own committed this crime? But you've been, you know that they're both, he's a druggie and a drunk and he's hothead, he could have never done this on his own, could he? And that's one point I thought she should have asked him. Do you really try to sell this jury that Siegfriedo, who tried to run you off the road, who shot the car up on his own, and he couldn't even get the FBI number right, killed these people, planned it, drove 500 miles? You want this jury to believe they did it on their own? You're really telling them that? What was it going to be? Is and in closings, is, or is she going to say that in closings? I hope so. I I pray to God she does. 
And and Tim, real quick, just uh, logistically, how long will the closings be for each side? And will Georgia and Sarah split up the closing, or is she going to do the whole thing, Georgia? I think it'd be better for them to split because I I think I think Sarah should lay out their case. They don't want to get off off the rails. They want to lay their case. It was a very strong case, very strong when they did their direct. Let Georgia chip away at the points to show how ridiculous hers is. The judge will ask the parties how long they want. They'll say, okay, how much do you want for closing? And they'll divvy it up. If he says, I need an hour and a half, then the state will get an hour and a half. And then Georgia and Sarah can split that time. Um, So that's how it works. By the way, I have to say something. Uh, You know, I always thought that the Waldmans were a little similar to Adelson's and that we're a dysfunctional Jewish family. But in listening to more and more of the wiretaps, Donna was just so sweet to Charlie, called him doll, never (laughs) raised her voice. And then I realized that's where the huge difference was. Uh, And that is why uh, I am the way I am and Charlie's the way. And that's why I would never murder someone. Um, no, the, the the point is, he many times he says when he has a friend whose mother says, "Oh, sweetheart, uh, oh, darling," yeah, that's and not he said, "Why couldn't you be like X's mother?" Yeah, we'll say it, Matt Broad, my friend Matt Broad. Yeah, and I said, I, "I I I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I mean, could psychoanalyze me." Uh, Rich Guard says, "Will Georgia start closing remarks, Tim?" And I, it's interesting. This is my next point here. Will Georgia start closing remarks, Tim? By pointing out that when asked about attending Danny's funeral, Charlie said, and he did say this, I didn't go to the funeral. I knew what happened to him. This is the direct quote. I knew what happened to him, and there's no way I could have shown up. I would have been too upset. Uh, wow. Tim, did she start with something along you know, those lines? You know, that's that's good by Rich Guard because um, I read the first um, chapter of Carmen's book, and it's heartbreaking. Ruth's book. I mean, Ruth's book. How she found out and how how she found out where she was when he was killed. And then for him to say, I found out that night and then didn't go to the funeral and how Wendy and the family totally disrespected them, kept the boys and then fled. Um, It's heartbreaking. I think it is. Tell the jurors, ladies and gentlemen, common sense. What would you do? What would you do? Wouldn't you go to the police? Wouldn't you call your sister? Wouldn't you hire a private investigator? Wouldn't you get protection for your sister and your grandkids? What did he do? He spoke in code, covered it up. He took a Xanax and played this whole rigmarole about being extorted and gave 139000 But when someone wanted to get 5000 from him years later, he was all up in arms going crazy, threatening to kill people. It just doesn't ring true. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Miranda Lee, adopt me, Carm. Uh, Katie Coolady, go right ahead. So uh, just to speak to, I am watching the jurors because I know there's been a lot of questions about the jurors. And I sit on the defense side simply because I have a view of them. When you're on the state side, the lectern is right there. Plus, the jury is like perpendicular to you. So you just see them from the side. Where I sit, I see them all straight on. So I've been watching them carefully. And I'll just tell you a couple things about during Charlie's testimony. First of all, he made some stupid jokes up there, like one of them about like, oh, I didn't realize I talked so much until I saw, heard my wiretaps, (laughs) you know, just being himself. And you know how it is when somebody, it's like when somebody yawns, you yawn, when somebody smiles, you smile, like it's just a natural human reaction to that. I 
immediately scanned the jury and not one person was smiling. Every time he made these little quips and smiled, not one person joined him on that. That to me was significant. Um, also, at the times when there's been these lengthy sidebars and he's sitting up there, by the way, very erect, not moving, not, you know, shifting for someone who has such severe back problems that he has. He does not have back problems. I know that. Um, anyway, so as he's sitting up there awkwardly, just sort of waiting and staring into space, the jurors do not look at him. They're right next to him. And they're just sort of like turning and looking that way, like kind of avoiding. There was one juror, black woman on the back. One time I saw her look at him, but this was the look. <laughs> Unwavering. That's the only juror they ever saw looking at him when he's sitting up there awkwardly in the um, witness stand during those sidebars. So just wanted to throw that out there. And I'm glad you did. And I can attest these jurors do not like him. Uh, like Katie just said, he tried to crack a couple of jokes. They did not laugh along with him they don't like him there's also reportedly a retired law enforcement officer who i i think i know who he is and uh you can tell that he's listening exceptionally careful carefully there's also a former jury four person who's on this jury so and i think i know who that is so it's just interesting to watch them and by the way this jury is no nonsense i mean they're listening they're taking notes they're not really, they're no real tells. They're, they're just all business. They come in, the judge says, good morning. They say, good morning back. Um, Amelia here, Katie Cool Lady, did your opinion about the questionable juror change for the better or worse? I'm not worried about him at all. Zero percent worried about that juror. There you go. So I guess love that's that. for the better. Yeah, I love that answer. <laughs> By the way, um, Marvina, sorry to hear this. Can you please say a prayer for my brother-in-law who's in the ICU? Uh, hope your brother-in-law is okay. Never a good thing. Uh, sorry to hear that. By the way, I've got to give a uh, huge shout out just to everyone watching tonight. Um, I'm not competitive at all, but we destroyed Dan Abrams, who I used to work for. Destroyed him. The He's got a company, Law and Crime. Carm, let me add it for one second. We have live analysis with Tim Jansen. No one else is doing that. Please join us tomorrow, 8.40 a.m. Dan Abrams, if you're watching. I got you. Watch out, Dan. Here we come. I got you, Dan. What are you going to do about it, Dan? He's, he's like, this is, I didn't raise him like this. Elf, super sticker. <laughs> Tim, how come jurors weren't allowed to ask questions? Isn't it allowed in Florida? I think this is a judge-by-judge -judge basis, but go ahead, Tim. It is allowed judge-by-judge. -judge. This judge does not allow it. Um, I, I had a couple trials where they did it and I was kind of skeptical. And then some of the questions I saw, I, I was even more skeptical and I was more concerned that we didn't, what kind of jury we picked. Um, I saw a question about that. They, let me add one thing that just bothers me, this whole thing, hiring this New York city jury consultant came in and then left. He left the former law enforcement guy on that jury. That was like the worst thing you can do for the defense. I would never leave former law enforcement on there. And in jury selection, they ask you, have you ever been on a jury? And then they ask you, have you been a four person? And have you reached a verdict? Because the judge wants to know these, are, these people are leaders and decision makers. So that's important to know too. So when they says I was a four person, you really better make sure that guy is lined up on your side because they can pull the rest of that jury. 
I can say that I can say that I saw that whole jury selection process and that you're so right. They asked a lot of questions about, do you consider yourself a leader? Do you consider yourself an independent thinker? And there are many, many people on that jury that answered that they think that they're a leader. One person is an executive chef. That's a leader. Hmm. Yeah. You get burned if you don't do it. Carm, let me ask you a question. <laughs> Carm, let me, uh, I have a simple question for you, Carm. These two guys, Latin King gang member, one of them, Luis and Sigfredo. And then you've got Katie. Let's let's for a moment assume that this double extortion, let's for us a moment assume it was correct. Why the hell would they drive to Tallahassee, which by the way, I made that drive and I never want to make it again. It was so long. They did it twice. And why would they target Dan Markell? Why wouldn't they kill Wendy, who's a member of the family? And why would they kill someone before extorting the money? Does any of it make sense to you? No, it doesn't. This is why I wanted to ask a question. Please do, Carmen. The question is, did anybody, uh, people who watch us or people who are on the panel right now, did anybody have uh, an intuition that this would be the defense, the extortion? Did you ever even think that this was the story that they were going to concoct? Concoct. Concoct. Well, it was close enough, Carm. Concoct. You can get away with it speaking. Well, I met I met with Rasbaum, and he kind of told me that he was going to turn the Dolce Vita tape into his defense, but he didn't say any more than that. Um, that. And I was when I listened to Dolce Vita, I'm like, how in the world is he going to do that? Um, I, I had no idea he would do that until he did it in the opening. I think he made a mistake doing it that early. He should have waited. He should have done his cross-examination and just sprung it up in the um, in, in Charlie's testimony. He kind of, it would have really thrown off the, the government because they got a couple of questions through witnesses to undercut it in their own direct, uh, in their case in chief. So maybe he couldn't help it, the limelight, the camera. He wanted to do it. And I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking about letting those people come pick a jury where he didn't get any kind of rapport with the jury. He stands up and the first thing he does is bring out this crazy double extortion theory. I think he lost some jurors right there and I don't think he ever got them back. So Tim, do you think he would have fared better if he did not offer any theory at all and just tried to poke holes in the prosecution's case as his whole defense? Well, that's, that's, that, that's a problem there because he can he can go after every witness. He can go after Lewis. He can go after Magdanawa. All these witnesses all have baggage, but he couldn't go after his girlfriend that had the stapled money, right? She had the stapled money. The money was stapled. So he had to come up with some reason why the stapled money came from him, but it wasn't to pay for a murder. I think they started their defense with that premise. That's the most damaging thing. Then the second would be the Dolce Vita, how can we explain all of those? Then they went to the phone recordings and they went backwards. That's how they built this defense. Hmm. Now, no one told me that. I'm just surmising. AR, could Wendy, uh, Tim, I know you're not a uh, family court attorney. This is interesting, though. This comment caught my attention. Could Wendy lose custody since Charlie admitted Don and Harvey knew about the killers? They've had this danger to the family this entire time. Uh, if this if they didn't tell Wendy, Wendy didn't know that till she was in court. Yeah, she didn't know. I mean, right. shouldn't they have uh, warned them about the danger and harm <laughs> to, these, to these kids? 
it's just right. crazy. Yeah, this whole case is crazy. Yeah, Sue Evans, super sticker. Um, you were on fire, Joel. Um, there's a couple other ones I starred for Carm. Go, Joel and Tim, super sticker from Phantom. First dream from Cripply. Happy to be here, Go, Joel and Tim. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this, Carm. By far the best coverage of the trial. Joel's the man. There was one. Where is it here? Uh... All right, oh, relax, Carm. All right, don't don't toot your own horn. Oh, this is the one I wanted. Bravo, F. Dan <laughs> Abrams, LOL. That's the one I wanted. Right on Bravo, cue. Dan Abrams. A, oh, look at this. Keel Oatmeal says, I love Dan Abrams. I got to tell you, I like Dan, too. I, I really do. he gave you I, a chance. He gave me a job. I like Dan. I just love him. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Lee Lopez, I love Dan Abrams. Uh, Tim did an outstanding job all week providing commentary to the trial and very much appreciate. Okay, let's listen to this first wiretap. I'm going to ask STS Nation a favor. Um, please share and retweet this after the show's over because this is important. These are things that people don't know about Charlie, and uh, it would just be, be very beneficial to share and uh, share and share alike uh, this stuff. But this first uh, wiretap here, we have four of them. These are things that you have not heard before. This is Charlie basically lying about, uh, basically wanting to rework car title. He was selling a car. And let's see if we don't pick it up right at the beginning, we will replay. Here we go. Charlie. Yeah, that's not that's not Darren's new car. What are you talking about? Okay, did Darren sell you a 2012 Land Rover? No, it's a 2004. I know that you had told me it was an 04. My dad got this paperwork to go register. I'm looking at it and saying, well, let me call first to get the get this um, insurance straightened out. I find yeah. that you only have 14 days, and then I. I'm giving her well, the ID they, number and the they, year, and she says the ID doesn't match the can year. You, can you hear me at all or no? Yeah, now I can. You have 14 days from the date of sale. What is the date of sale on the title? We haven't, filled, we haven't filled out the date of sale yet, have we? I told him April. I told him April 7th. Why did you tell him April 7th? Because he gives you till the 21st. Okay, well, you could tell him April 12th. Does it matter? No, I give him a, it doesn't. I've already given it to him. I mean, I'm lying through my teeth with everything else I'm telling him about. What are you lying through your teeth about? I mean, okay. it was actually before that. It was in March. No, I know. I don't want to tell him that. You're only Mom. 14 days. No shit. So you write a different date on the title. Wow. Yeah, so listen to this part right here. Listen to what Donna says. Listen to what she said. I told him April. I told him April 7th. Why did you tell him April 7th? Because he gives you till the 21st. Okay, well, you could tell him April 12th. Does it matter? No, I give him a, it doesn't. I've already given it to him. I mean, I'm lying through my teeth with every. You hear that? She just admitted, I'm lying through my teeth. They just openly admit about lying, and it'll play it out to the end. He says, just make up a date. He's selling, and this is someone, I mean, Carm, they're selling a car to someone and making up a false date. If you lie once, do you lie many times? Uh, obviously, obviously, and and I think it's it's some kind of a team would know what kind of a law you are breaking when you change any, you know, the 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 meter on the car and. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what, what what what's he doing that's illegal here? 
uh, committing a fraud with DMV. And the problem is he's not, normally you do fraud about how much you paid so you can pay less taxes, right? I'm going to sell you this car, but I'm going to say I bought it much cheaper. Here he's talking to his own mother. And his own mother is saying, I'm lying through my teeth. He quickly, without seconds, is already trying to find a loophole or another way to lie. I mean, it's a pattern of behavior. He does it with his mother. So his mother is a poor mother. A, a, a good mother would not allow a son to commit fraud and have her participate in the fraud. She's an accomplice. Yeah, by the way, I met Tim's daughter, one of the sweetest, nicest, level-headed people you ever meet. So there you go. Uh, Tim, Thank you. By the way, let's listen to this one more time from the middle, not the entire thing, and I'll get Katie's reaction. We haven't filled out the beta sale yet, have we? I told him April, I told him April 7th. Why would you tell him April 7th? Because it gives you till the 21st. Okay, well, you could tell him April 12th. Does it matter? No, it gives him the, it doesn't. I've already given it to him. I mean, I'm lying through my teeth with everything else I'm telling him about. What are you lying through your teeth about? I mean, it was actually before that. It was a month. I know. I don't want to tell him that. You're only 14 days. No shit. So you write a different date on the title. Man, so easy. Katie, cool lady. By the way, before you go, Katie, look at this from Hey Mona. Joe, you're so funny, but I don't think Dan Abrams is too worried. I bet you Dan's up right now, <laughs> watching and rewatching. I bet he doesn't sleep tonight. And it's not because of uh, closing arguments. Go ahead, Katie, cool lady. Well, what I, re- you know, reflecting on listening to that is how bonded they are in their just toxic behavior and, and this scheming. And I'm also, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when they were doing the financial stuff and they were listing the list of bank accounts, there's Harvey and Donna, Charlie, Wendy, and there's a separate bank account that is Charlie and Donna. And it had $2 million in it. Very wow. curious about that account. I made some comment like, is that their murder money account? <laughs> yeah, that's your getaway money. Yeah. Uh, Tim, from Madeline Bullet here, uh, like Bullet Bourbon. Tim, can Georgia bring up the maestro, the famous maestro license plate on his Ferrari in closing uh, and never have questioned Charlie Adelson about it? Fingers crossed. Could she bring it up? Did they, was, the, was there a picture of it? And was there any testimony oh. about the maestro license plate? I if so, exactly. then she can. If if not, no chance, right? And it's it's you got facts are not in evidence. We would probably stand up and object. Although you don't see objections in closings, it really makes you look bad. Um, but he could mm-hmm. uh, if he wanted to, to disrupt her. But if it was introduced or discussed by any witness in the trial, then she can use it in closing. So there's some really good comments. You keep the questions coming uh, to you, Katie. Lynn Strasser, did the jurors look at Ruth? or the Markells when she left the courtroom, when Charlie was testifying, what do you make of their, uh, you know, their eye contact in regards to the Markell family, if anything, Katie? There's a couple jurors that do look out at the gallery. Our guy on the back, as you know, but I think he has massive ADDs, just always looking around. You know, I, I can't tell who they're looking at, but about when Ruth walked out, I was at home because I was losing my mind in that courtroom that day. And it was packed. As you can imagine, I mean, I got there early. There were people waiting to get in the courtroom. I thought we're going to have trouble finding seats today. When do you see a defendant testify in a murder trial, right? And 
people were losing their minds. It was, there was something about it that um, True Lifestyles really nailed it when she said it was some sort of combination of sedating and agitating the feeling you were having and people just left. So, you know, and so I left, I didn't go back at, for the afternoon. So I wasn't in there when Ruth walked out. Hmm. Charles Glover question for Tim. What do you think about Georgia mentioning the fact that Charlie loved money since he was a kid, but why would he just empty out all the cash in his safe so easily? Another salient point that doesn't jive with uh, the theory. Yeah, and it doesn't require an answer from Charlie. It goes back to who is Charlie Adelson? The people that you saw in the recordings who was doing things are the Charlie was on the stand. And if you go back to Charlie, his love of money, he's driving to all these places, all these clients working all these days because he likes to work. He doesn't have a life, saves money. But yet then he gives 130000 to Katie that night and then lets her spend the night. It, it just goes, it defeats common sense. And that's the problem with this defense. In order for him to win, you just got to throw your common sense out the window and believe this crazy story. Katie girl, Carm, you always look so stylish. Any response? I'm not. I... I... I'm not fake modest. I truly have no style. Hmm. <laughs> Tim Jansen, to you, um, do you think this is interesting? Because I think this is the case. Charlie, is, his defense is basically throwing the Latin King gang under the bus. Is he putting a nail in his coffin by repeatedly blaming them for extorting him? If he gets convicted, uh, he's going to be a target in prison, isn't he? Yeah, if the word gets out um, that he was blaming the Latin Kings. Um, it's not going to go well for him. They'll probably have to put him in segregation. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you get in segregation. They can always get to you. They always have ways to get to you. Um, and he's going to be very nervous. Um, I thought Luis Rivera was a great witness. I thought he was who he was. He admitted who he was. And the, the, the real Luis Rivera would have committed a robbery, not a murder, Right. He said, why are we doing this? Why don't we just rob the lady? He's not going to go all the way to Tallahassee with this other high drunk Sigfredo, rent a car. It just it just doesn't make sense. And he'd be doing this guy, Charlie Adelson, that Sigfredo absolutely despises, doing him a favor. What like it just done none of it, you know, he knew that through Katie that apparently he didn't, you know, like Dan. It just doesn't add up. Lindsay it, Shea. Uh, how long did Tim think the jurors will be out for in deliberations, Tim? If he couldn't get the phone number right for the FBI sting, how do you think he found Dan Markle, where he lived, what he looked like, and got rental cars and came up here twice? The first time he came up here, he shot the car. That's crazy. How long do I think the jurors will be out? Real quick, Tim, before you get to that, I mean, will Georgia put all of what you just said into the closing arguments? I hope so, because I put it in my articles every day, and I was hoping I don't have communication with them. When I was doing commentary for the show, I had a friend texting me during George's cross and wanted to know if I could text her questions during her cross. And I'm like, no, I can't text her while she's doing cross-examination. But I did put bullet points in my articles, and I'm sure someone in the office saw them. I listed four big hurdles to his defense, and we'll see. Hopefully, she'll 
I don't need to tell Georgia how to do her job. She's very good at her job. And it's a lot easier for me sitting here, even with five fractured ribs, saying <laughs> what she should have done or shouldn't have done. I respect Georgia and I respect Sarah and I respect Daniel. He just got a crappy case. Yeah. By the way, Daniel is a nice guy. He came up to us. You know, I know he's also smooth talking to us because he wants some good media attention. He's a good guy. He's got a bad uh, client and a bad case, as Tim just said. But I think he's just he doing took the, the case. He took the case. He took, he's How do you think angel. of the job? How do you think of the job? He, oh, the calm. What do you think of the job he's doing? He's doing a very good job because he uh, uh, sideswept everybody. Nobody expected uh, uh, this. This line of defense is so far out that nobody even. If you would have asked twenty lawyers like like Tim to write down on a piece of paper and put it in a hat and open it only after the trial, what would be the defense? Nobody would have said it, this would be the defense. The double extortion. Now look at that karma. Given uh, some shade, as they say, Carm, which you probably don't know what that means, I but to, think to I Daniel do. Rashbaum. I got a shade Rashbaum, too. Can I shade him for a second? Yeah, Just, yeah, please. It, Go goes with the, it goes with the Charlie Lyon thing. I don't know if anybody caught this, but Junam Chinda's at the very end of her testimony. <laughs> he asks her something like, um, did he tell you to lie? Like, you know, jar I guess insinuating that Charlie never asked her to lie. Did he tell you to lie? She took it as, did he tell you a lie? And she said, well, yeah, I mean, he lied to me. <laughs> so he ends his questioning on her and he didn't clean it up. And so he ends his questioning cross of her of saying Charlie is a liar, basically. And Georgia just picked that right up and went with it. I, I don't think I caught that. That was great that. lawyering. Yeah. Um, Elf with a super sticker. When Daniel Rashbaum asked Charlie a question and stated the date in the question and Charlie corrected him, Tim, do you think this yeah. was staged on purpose? Asked Charlie, and Charlie corrected him. Well, I don't know if that was staged or maybe Dan got his notebook, his script wrong. And Charlie, they weren't on the same page on that issue. I would have believed a little more of his testimony if he would have said, oh, I don't recall. I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. Not once. I, I was waiting for one time in eight hours of testimony about an event that occurred eight, nine years ago. Uh, I, I just, it's just, it's not believable. Actually, it didn't happen eight or nine years ago. It happened this last year in his prison cell when what? he created this story. Mm. Right, but I mean, the, the facts he was reciting back, some of them happened a long, long time ago, like the night that he was extorted from Katie, this yeah. double extortion. Which, yeah. which, by the way, he's going to give away the $138,000, no problem. But when this quote-unquote second extortion comes, he's like mortally worked up about $5,000. He he's going to shoot somebody. He's going to shoot him. <laughs> Over the $5,000. Yeah, he can't, he can't deal with it. Look at this. Best question of the night from Joyette Matai. STS chief of everything. Do you and Carm always get along? Carm, do you always get along with the COE? And Joel and Joel gets very upset that the women team up against 100%, him. Hundred percent, gang up on. Hundred percent, tornado artist. We have no private lives anymore. You know everything. Tim, by the way, this is there's a lot of conspiracy. Not conspiracy. That's not the right word. But in essence, people think that there's something going on because they spent so much money on this very high profile Josh Dubin, the jury consultant. Tornado artist says 
Tim, do you think Rash, Rashbaum brought in the jury consultant, Josh Dubin, to pick a jury that would convict Charlie? Oh, wait, I didn't read this right. So that he states Adelson family innocence and Rash has plausible deniability if Charlie Adelson is convicted. This seems far fetched. What do you say, Tim? I'm thinking that Rash wanted to try this case on his own, didn't want co-counsel. And so what he told him was, we've got a defense. We don't need other lawyers. All we need is to hire these these high-priced people. We don't need a local lawyer. We just get these jury consultants. They can tell us who to pick. And he can take the glory of the fall on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can't think of any other reason. I've talked to a lot of lawyers who I respect that are older than me. None of them have ever heard of letting a jury consultant ask questions. I've had jury consultants in cases. They tell you what to pick, they'll pass yes or no, but they're not gonna stand up when I'm standing up talking to the jury, never. Uh, Kerry Lama with the super sticker. Hi guys, best panel anywhere, including news, uh, uh, Dan Abrams, Long Crime. Just need fancy. Anyway, Sigfredo just took 35 minutes and Katie's took eight hours. I predict Charlie's deliberations will take five hours. Guilty, obviously, preposterous story. Let's get on to this next wiretap here. Uh, this comment real quick. I think Rashbaum is very unethical. He can't believe this defense himself. Uh, who knows? But here's a wiretap with Charlie talking about selling steroids. And he speak. He, he is selling steroids to his friend on the phone. Let's listen in. I'm definitely going to get the antibar for you, but I want the antibar. Hey, what's up? Hey, bud. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I hate putting stuff in text message. Uh, yeah, I'm playing there. I got uh, Anavar. Oh, Anavar, bro. Yeah, you don't want Anadrol, man. That stuff will make you break out, turn you into a gorilla. You're not going into the UFC. Yeah, Anavar, I definitely, I want Anavar for maintenance. So I'm, I'm definitely going to get the Anavar for you, but I want the Anadrol too. And also, can you get injectable? Because um, I was thinking about taking a trend and a test cycle. Yeah, I mean, I can. It's just. Part of the thing is just a hassle for me to drive out to get it to get from this guy. But um, well, how when's the next time you're going out to to reload from the guy? Because I, I can tell him what I want. I mean, um, so I do want the end of I'll get. Uh, what do you want? To, uh, maybe I'll get like four of them. Yeah, like four would probably be good. So that's four eight. Yeah, that'll be eight eighty. Right. Yeah. Okay. So so eight eighty on that, and then I'll just get that like in the next day or two. And then when you get the anadrol, just let me know. Um, and uh, any any injectable test, 300 or 400, and trend. Um, I'll, I'll All right, well, that's it. When you do this, when you come and see me, let's write uh, down. Write down exactly what you want, and then I'll, I'll send it to my guy. And I'll, I'll send it. Okay. Sweet. No, no credit card, no check. No, no it's got to be cash. Yes. Okay, no problem. Oh, my. That's all right. I don't take AMX anymore. Uh, it makes, makes sense if you're doing this shit. You, people like me and you, we can't have any records of it. So. Hear that? Um, so he says, so he's. it's hard to hear. Carm's yelling at me to raise the volume. I can't because this is what we get from the wiretaps, but you can play it again. But at the beginning, so Charlie is, first of all, dealing illegal drugs, steroids, to a friend of his. Uh, he's got a dental license, so he's a, you know, a medical uh worker and he's doing that which is obviously incredibly unethical not to mention it's illegal but he says he doesn't text uh so right there 
He's showing his own culpability. And that, that, to me, that plays to the fact that they're using all these code words once they know that they are actually being wiretapped. And then there's at the end, there's a joke. We'll listen to this back half one more time that he doesn't take credit cards, doesn't take Amex, because obviously he doesn't want to trail, doesn't want to get caught. So let's just listen to the middle to the end here. Yeah, I think four would probably be good. So that'd 400. Be eight. Yeah, that'll be 880. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so 880 on that. And then I'll just get that like in the next day or two. And then when you get the Anadrol, just let me know. Um, and uh, any, any injectable test, 300 or 400, and trend. Um, I'll, I'll All right. Well, that's it. When you do this, when you come and see me, this, uh, this I'll write it down. Write down exactly what you want, and then I'll I'll send it to my guy. And I'll, I'll send it. Okay. Sweet. No, no credit card, no check. <laughs> no, it's got to be cash. Yes. Okay. No problem. That's all right. I don't take Amex anymore. No, no, it makes, it makes sense. If you're doing this shit, you, people like me and you, we can't have any records. People like me and you, we can't have any records. Katie Cool Lady, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, it's just more Charlie being Charlie. I did hear something today from someone who is in the know of this case. I don't have anything to back it up, but that he does have a criminal record related to the steroid business. And I said, well, was he arrested? And they said that they believed he was charged with this steroid stuff. And it encouraged me to to dig into it a little bit, but that it wouldn't be coming out in this case. So for what it's worth, well, I'll see what I can find out. Uh, Tim Jansen, we got a question from the COE. Why do you think more audio tapes like the ones we're listening to right now were not used as evidence because it does play to his character? It, it does, and you can't bring in bad character. But what it tells you is everything you need to know. This guy's a bad guy. He's got a doc. He's a doctor making money, and he's selling drugs on the side. He's a drug dealer. He's being cautious how he does it, doesn't want cash, doesn't want a trail. He so quickly came up with the numbers. Didn't want to do Amex. I don't know if it's because of a trail, because he doesn't want to pay the 3%. Goes back to the money thing. What the court would do was what's the 403 analysis. You got to weigh the prejudicial versus the probative value. And would he, is it too prejudicial for a jury to hear this? And I think the judge made the right call because it would be. He wouldn't get a fair trial. And, And should he be prosecuted for murder or convicted for murder because he's a drug dealer? And maybe the state decided they weren't even going to try to do that. But it, it tells you everything you need to know. And so all these people on here that are saying, I believe him, I think he's innocent. I hope you listen to what he did with the car titles. I hope you listen to what he's doing about selling drugs and you realize the person you're dealing with and that he doesn't deserve your second nature and want to believe him. He doesn't deserve the credibility you're giving him. Uh, STS Nation, once again, please share this uh, YouTube live once it's over on your social so people will get to see the real Charlie Adelson. It's important to get it out there. Jerry Michael says he wants nothing traceable back to him. Tim, this is another question that's interesting from Susie Q for real. Why didn't Georgia ask Charlie, why didn't you record the extortion for evidence against the people that unalived your brother-in-law? Oh, that's interesting. He did nothing to really cover his own behind. He did not record it. You know, his mother did commit a crime. She was recording the conversation. Florida's a two-way state, so she committed a felony by recording the conversation with the FBI person. Um, Why didn't he record it? You can't record something that doesn't happen, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> I just I just don't believe it. Unreal. Uh, Barley Hope, question for the chat. Was Sigfredo a Latin king or, or just Luis? It was just Luis. Sigfredo That's was true. not a great guy. Um, and once again, they only live, they live smack dab in the middle between me and Carm in a very small area, which is interesting. So Carm is basically, uh, you're like a hood rat, Carm. You're part of the gang. I love it. On to speeding tickets here. This is uh, Charlie Adelson talking about how he gets out of his speeding tickets. By the way, he's speaking to his mother, Donna Adelson. What's interesting to me, being the observer that I am, being the son of the this woman, is her, her tone and cadence is completely different, Donna's is, when she doesn't worry about the wiretaps. At this point, I don't think she knows about them, and she talks much differently. So let's, uh, let's take a listen. Got him out of two speeding tickets also in the last three weeks also. Oh, Jesus. You know what I do? I work yeah. at Broward General in the ER. There's an unwritten rule that they will never give a ticket to an oh. ER doctor. Really? Because if they get hurt, the first face they're going to go see is you. <laughs> and every cop knows that. If they get hurt on the job, the first place they're going is Broward. Really? They're going to the Bra- yeah, they go to Broward General. They're going to the ER, Broward General. So do you want to look up and see the face of the guy you just gave a ticket to when you oh, walk yeah. in there? That's funny. I would never have done that. Yeah, Jerry told me that. He's like, man, I got out like eight or nine tickets. I go, how? He told me. So I got pulled over. Remember I told you I was in the HOV yeah. lane with no driver's license and a handgun right. underneath my seat? He yeah. ran the he ran the license. He ran the VIN number on the uh, serial number on the handgun and told me just be safe and try to stay out of the HOV. This guy's like a, like a gangster. So just to, cause it's hard to hear at first. So he's talking to his uh, sweet mother, Donna and tells him how he's gotten out of two speeding tickets. And the way he did it is by lying and saying he's an ER doctor at Broward general, the big hospital by him because no ER doctor, no, no law enforcement officer wants to God forbid, end up at the ER and have, given a ticket to an ER doctor. And then he goes on to say that when he was stopped one of the times he had his, you know, tough guy, Charlie had his gun under the seat. So let's listen to that one more time and then we'll get reaction. I've got him out of two speeding tickets also in the last three weeks also. Oh, Jesus. You know what I do? I work at Broward General in the ER. There's an unwritten rule that they will never give a ticket to an okay. ER doctor. Really? Because if they get hurt, the first face they're going to go see is you. <laughs> and every cop knows that. If they get hurt on the job, the first place they're going is Broward. Really? They're going to the Bra- yeah, they go to Broward General. They're going to the ER, Broward General. So do you want to look up and see the face of the guy you just gave a ticket to when you oh, walk yeah. in there? That's funny. I would never have done that. Yeah, Jerry told me that. He's like, man, I got out like eight or nine tickets. I go, how? He told me. So I got pulled over. Remember I told you I was in the HOV yeah. lane with no driver's license and a handgun right. underneath my seat? He, yeah. ran the, he ran the license. He ran the VIN number on the uh, serial number on the handgun and told me just be safe and try to stay out of the HOV. And by the way, when you hear Donna's reaction, Karn would be screaming out, what are you doing? You're crazy. You're going to get in trouble. She says, that's so funny. Charlie, that's so funny, Charlie. Katie, cool lady. This is um, 
you know, this is not committing murder, but it's being incredibly slimy, unethical, and basically a horrible human being. What do you make of it? I got a question for Carm on this. Hmm. So this displays this really bizarre relationship, mother-son relationship. And so this is my question, Carm. So with Wendy, she does a very good job of picking out a very good choice for a husband for Wendy. She's clearly interested in a quality person. You couldn't get a better husband than Dan Markell. Then with her son, she cheerleads him for this aberrant behavior, dating women that are much younger and God knows what he's doing on these sex tour trips he's going on. And she seems to be like all in with him on this absolutely opposite of respectable behavior. What is going on? It's almost like vicariously she gets her thrills through his stories. She has a pretty um, uh, gray existence uh, with this rather non-exciting dentist husband. And then these stories are like, um, they give her excitement. And I don't know her own background and her story, but she certainly likes uh, crime. And Jansen, Carm's always quick with her answers. It amazes me. 84 years old, still sharp as a tack, Carm. And she's on it. But the question is, does she make any sense? <laughs> so, Joe, let me tell you. I always think I make sense with this because she, the, the relationship is that he's entertaining her with his devious behavior and she loves it because she likes the bad boy. And why isn't he married? She she was so anxious to marry of her daughter, but she's in no rush of marrying of That's Charlie. That's true of you too, Carm. You didn't. No, it's know. absolutely Carm, not true. We can beg to differ there. Carm has been right on with his family dynamics from the jump. She's the one person that nailed Char Harvey, and yeah. now we know because of what we've seen that Carm was right about Harvey. Yeah, the whole Carm's time. convinced Harvey has a lot to do with this. Look at this. Carm McSpunky, who I was calling MC Spunky, but it's McSpunky. He's now gifted five more. This guy gifts like five memberships. Eight. Maybe he's a billionaire. Maybe. McSpunky, are you a billionaire? Then I won't feel so badly. Let me know. Jessica K. another. But that's city. very nice. Really. I don't think he's a billionaire. He's just like. Just 100, guy, worth 150 no, million. No, he just wants to recognize that you're doing a good job. Carm, what's the difference between 50 million and 850 million? I don't know because you have to have three lives to spend that. And you. And you. I was having going, a conversation with the COE like, about that. Uh, Adam many, Sandler's worth like many, eight. How many chairs can you sit By on the way, one at once? If anyone has a connection to Adam Sandler, this is actually an important thing. Reach out to me, surviving the survivor at Gmail. I have a. I need to ask his mother something. It's a long story. Jessica <laughs> K. Did they ever say how exactly the two kings got Dan's address, details, etc.? I mean, this would be important to disprove. The extortion nonsense. Katie, you want to take that? I mean, Tim alluded to that just a short while ago. How would they know where to go, who to get, et cetera, et cetera? What's your thought? Well, I, I'm not surprised they didn't loop back into <laughs> suggesting that they went on the prof's blog for that to find that. I mean, obviously, there's no I mean, it didn't somewhere they suggested that. Was it in the opening or somewhere? But yeah, I think they dropped that like a hot potato as well they should. Or on Dan's Facebook page that they somehow got that information. And there's just nothing to back that up. I mean, obviously it's hogwash. So Joel, can we, go, Joel, can we go back to the the ticket thing because I had a case one time mm -hmm. and I represented a heart surgeon. 
the number one heart surgeon in Tallahassee. Hmm. His wife was pulled over for a DUI. And somehow I got the number of the the investigator investigating the DUI. He get I get him on the phone. He goes, Tim, how'd you get my number? I'm in the middle of my investigation. And then he says, listen, I know she's drunk, but I know her husband. And if I'm shot one day, I'm going to need him to save my life. Mm. So how about we give her a reckless driving? We all go on our way. <laughs> and we're like, we're good with that. That exactly <laughs> did happen. Wow. And the heart surgeon I represented saved many people's lives. Wow. So I can see him saying that because, yeah, when you get shot, you don't want to have a bad something bad when you're going to the ER. But what he did was atrocious, you know. Horrific. Um, uh, Kristen here for you, Tim. Have you seen a jury come back with either an acquittal or a holdout due to a complicated, confusing defense? I, I don't think there's any chance of an acquittal at all. I think if that one juror is out, the guy, I think you're going to have a, a verdict Tuesday. Um, I, I think because by the time they're done, they read the jury instructions, they'll probably go out at one o'clock, two o'clock on Monday. He probably won't keep, he could keep them overnight. Uh, he'd let them do some work, but I think maybe Tuesday, because it is a very serious offense, uh, some complicated stuff. I think if we don't get a verdict by Tuesday, Tuesday night, then we might be looking at maybe a hung jury, but I, I still think they'll convict. Um, and, um, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they bought it. A lot of people are making a big deal about his story, but I think the jurors do the right thing. They really try to do the right thing when they, when they raise their hands and they know it's a high profile case, they try to do the right thing. I would have created a different plot, a different uh, story. Since Rivera and um, uh, Siegfried uh, couldn't pull this off on their own at all. I would have said that in in hindsight, when he thought it over, it was Magbanua who is bright and and who who is a good organizer. She's the one who created the story. That would have made a little bit more sense than the two guys. Well, I just they, got inspiration just this minute to say this. Well, she is alleged to be the quote-unquote mastermind, but she's sleeping over at his house, so who knows. But um, Tim Jansen from Jennifer Ray, Charlie testified his dad could back up his whisper. They talk about the uh, Matsuri tapes, and Charlie says, well, I whispered something to my father. So he's saying, can the jury consider the fact that his life is on the line and supposedly innocent, yet his parents weren't there? They didn't testify. How, how much does the jury look at the fact that they're not there to support him in any way? Well, that's a, a double-edged sword for Georgia. Georgia can't shift what they call shift the burden, right? Mm -hmm. She can't say, why didn't you bring people to back up your story? Because he doesn't have to present any case. And if she makes that the center point of her argument, they can have an objection in the mistrial saying you're shifting the burden. You carry the burden the whole time. Now, if they start doing that, depending on how Rashbaum does it, she can say, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the defense gets subpoena power just like the state. And he testified. And um, in their minds, the jurors are probably thinking that. And that's why I said, I'd love if, if we get a hung jury here, they should charge Donna 
have Donna as a co-conspirator. Then they'll be at trial together. Is Donna not going to testify? Or is she going to testify? Will she hold up like Charlie? That would be the undoing of his case if she didn't testify, right? Because you're on trial for your life and you're not saying the same story. Hmm. But um, I, I just don't see an acquittal. I don't see former law enforcement officer. I don't know what former law enforcement, but if he's a former law enforcement, he's not going to buy this. I mean, he's seen this before. He knows it's just a made-up defense. Joyette, um, I was another question here. Carm, do you think Rob Adelson, the estranged son, who's a doctor up in Albany, can heal and move on with, by the way, the Adelsons, two, uh, one doctor, one periodontist, one lawyer, Carm. It's better than you did. Uh, Carm, do you think Rob Adelson, my sister's a doctor, but I'm obviously the black sheep. Carm, do you think Rob Adelson can heal and move on with his life? Or will there always be a sense of sadness because he's from a family of narcissistic sociopaths who committed murder? Your take on Rob Adelson, Carm. Uh, I don't know Rob Adelson. I don't know how much, how much inner resources he has, how much support he gets from his wife and how much love he gets. And uh, I would say that you can overcome many things in life, even though, it, you know, the scar tissue is there, but you can overcome it with, with, with hard work, psychological hard work and time. By the way, the watcher says ER doctors ethically have to treat a trigger man the same as a victim. But if I was an ER doctor <laughs> and someone gave me a ticket, it might take a few extra seconds to wash my hands as a person who's in cardiac arrest. No, you, me. no you wouldn't. Uh, you pizza, would not. That's why you are not an emergency yeah, doctor. Pizza driver, super sticker. I uh, rewatched George's closings. Uh, I, closing Katie's trial succinct. Um, I don't know exactly what. The, I guess she's rewatching old uh, closings and it was succinct. I guess that's what she's saying. And I'm just slow tonight. Joel, I Wendy told them about. Dan, Luis, said it, Carm. Go ahead, um, Carm. Well, now wait a second. And one more wiretap. Mm -hmm. David Warner, super. let's listen to this final wiretap. And by the way, uh, this one here is, again, Charlie and Donna. And it's gross because this is after the murder of Dan Markell. And listen to Charlie okay. saying how lucky Wendy is. Listen to this. How lucky Wendy is after her. Oh, life. yeah. This is a good tape. Yeah. You kidding me? Comprehend at all how lucky she is. No, she doesn't. It doesn't like register in her head how lucky she is at all. No, but not not even like nothing. It's just which is great. <laughs> yeah. But at least she doesn't see herself as a victim anymore, which is which is great too. I'm just happy to hear that she's spending more and more time with things. That's great. Yeah, no. So she's. Uh... And the funny thing was, I actually thought about it would be nice to invite him, but then I thought, oh, can't do that because his wife probably has kids on Mother's Day. Maybe she wants to do something with her, even though it's an ex-wife. She's still the mother of his children. No, no, no. He paid her three million dollars to get lost. That's a nice payment. I wish I would really million to get lost. So this is Charlie talking to his mother Donna about how lucky Wendy is, and he says that he doesn't consider himself a victim, and that threw me for a minute. 
but he's talking about a victim to to Dan Markell, not a victim because the husband was murdered, but a victim to Dan Markell, which is an important distinction. And then they're talking about, I think, someone that Wendy wanted to bring to meet the family, and that person paid his wife $3 million to go away, and Charlie's saying, I would have taken those $3 million. That's basically what we're hearing. Let's listen to it one more time, and then we'll break it down uh, and get it and get thoughts. Here we go. Charlie talking to Donna about how lucky Wendy is that her husband, Dan Markell, was murdered. How long after the murder? I don't know what the date of the wiretap is, but it's definitely after the fact, Carm. Good well, question. Well, like a month, three months, this six months. This is well after, a few years after. Okay. You know, I've got him out of two speeding tickets also in the oh, last three months. Wrong one, everyone. <laughs> wrong the, one. The technical officer, Joel, is... Doesn't comprehend at all how lucky she is. No, she doesn't. It doesn't, like, register in her head how lucky she is at all. No. But not not even, like, nothing. It's just, which is great. <laughs> you know, but at least she doesn't see herself as a victim anymore, which is, which is great, too. I'm just happy to hear that she is spending more and more time with her. That's great. Yeah, no, so she's... Uh, and the funny thing was, I actually thought about it would be nice to invite him, but then I thought, oh, I can't do that because his wife probably has kids on Mother's Day. Maybe she wants to do something with her, even though it's an ex-wife, she's still the mother of his children. No, no, He paid her $3 million to get lost. That's <laughs> like, a nice payment. I wish I would really $3 million to get lost. By the way, just to scar, he paid her three million dollars to get, you know, tell her to get lost. He he has no respect for women either. Katie, what are you thinking when you listen to this? The thing that sticks out to me, other than you know, just the more of the toxicity between them, is that how it sounds like Don is like in a closet talking softly, mm-hmm. and like is she hiding from Harvey talking to him? And mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask Carmen another question here, but there's, there's another thing I've noticed about Donna that is so creepy that when she's talking to Charlie, like after the bump and you know, this urgent calls, she has the kids, she has the boys and she floats seamlessly out of grandma, normal conversation with the boys, just right into this creepy, scared talk with Charlie about this bump and then she slips right oh honey here's your mac and cheese or whatever and then right back into that what is going on there well can I just attach to it one more question that I have that when Donna is talking to the FBI agent the way she acts uh, and she says in the in the very end she says, um, well, just go and get the $100,000. Go to the police. Like a bravado. Bravado. Huh? Bravada. Bravado. Uh, Carmen, let me ask you a question. Would you have been, if someone tried to extort you on the street, would you have been smart enough to take out your cell phone and take a photo of this person? No. You wouldn't Because have. it would take me half hour until I find the camera <laughs> on my phone. And <laughs> no, it would be a disaster. Um, Moto 88. Do you think Georgia had some info, Tim, that led her to question Charlie Adelson about whether he has negative feelings about Wendy? But wait a second. 
Well, I think you didn't get an answer. Oh, sorry. What was the answer you're looking for, Carm? I wanted to understand Dana the same way that you wanted to understand Dana. Uh, I didn't understand why would she behave the way she did with the FBI agent and say to him, well, go to the police and get the 100000 from the police. Uh, that somehow doesn't match with the fact that, that she knows that uh, they are the ones who did it. By the way, Carmen, it's, it's a it's a bravado. I, yeah, I don't. I, I want feedback on this. By the way, I know we're talking a murder trial, but it is the shortest day of the year, and uh, my seasonal affect disorder kicks in. Okay, this time the, of the you are not interested. Lizzie Fabulous says, uh, "My first wait, super. We're going to get back to it in one second. Relax, Carm. My first super chat. I agree. The differences between Charlie and Wendy are wild. He's a gangster, and she has the prim proper writer persona." And Donna is all in the middle. Love TS, love STS, Tim and Joel. Thank you. Thank you. Carm, one thing, question, and you can get back to your trying to get your answer. Uh, does Wendy have total immunity, Tim? Yes. She does. Carm, a lot of people are asking, what is your diagnosis, if you will, of Wendy? What do you think of Wendy? Windsor. I, I am not good at diagnosis. I would have to really think uh, through, uh, you know, it was like also came like from the side is because we were talking about Dana and now I have to go into Wendy. All right. So what do you For want? One thing, she's on passive. Dawn. She's passive because she lets other people clean up for her. And, and, uh, I, she even says somewhere that she doesn't, she is not very confrontational. I don't give diagnosis. I learned it from my, my husband. Hmm. Uh, he didn't, he didn't want to label people like, you know, um, narcissistic, psychopathic, so psychotic, so forth. He would, every case is different. Every person is different. And I think that Wendy, Wendy is, like 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 my husband once said and i think i think i told you this once before if you are spoiled that's a diagnosis too because a lot of things stem from the fact that the person is spoiled or entitled or getting things for nothing and that was the case with wendy mm -hmm. this question here and then we'll start to wrap it up from carrie b carm Charlie said he has, quote unquote, innate anger for Wendy. Does that mean from birth? What an odd thing to say. What do you make of that comment, Carm? The word innate? Innate anger. Innate like anger. it's imprinted in his genome, in his genetics? Yeah, genome. Because genome. That's a Hungarian I, pronunciation. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I, I don't uh, think it, it, we should like read that much into it. Uh, sibling rivalry is not unusual. Hmm. I have none with my sister. My sister became a doctor in uh, six years, college and medical school, all in six years. She was valedictorian of her high school class. She is the and perfect she's child. she's been perfect since then. And I am the imperfect child. She has more kids. I have the only boy, so I win. Um, <laughs> Katie Cool Lady, the only <laughs> boy, if I haven't you, said that. This I, is, I don't know where only this boy. winning business. By the way, I never said I don't like Dan Abrams. I just said I love beating Dan Abrams. There's a big difference there. Sandy D, I'm a federal law enforcement officer now. I just got nervous. And there's no <laughs> chance I'd believe a word that comes from the Adelsons. They're a toxic family through and through. It's interesting because there's a retired law enforcement officer on this jury. And uh, 
might be thinking just like this super sticker. I love you, Kathy, Katie, cool lady from Cynthia Breyer. Look at that. What's not to love? Katie's name fits. Just because they're all creeps and belong in prison, they put on charades their whole life. It's like second nature to them. Yes, they are all creeps. And uh, usually I, I like the term put on charades yeah. all the time. Yeah, life. By the way, I played charades with my family the other night, and my four year old son was beating everyone. It was amazing. Carm is so cute from Misdemeanor OG. Wisdom with childlike innocence at the same time. You, look at that, Carm. The what? what? You have wisdom and childlike innocence all at once. Uh, by the, Cynthia Breyer, uh, Katie Cool Lady is Thank amazing. You. She lives, lived this type of nightmare for 30 years. I love you, Kathy, Katie Cool Lady. Um, Katie, it is Sunday night. It is, I don't know the date, November something. And um, tomorrow could be a huge day. How are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Are you going to be able to sleep this evening? I'll sleep, but I'll be there right and early tomorrow morning for those closings. I was really glad to hear from Tim tonight that they could, if they want, they can split it. People didn't know that, that if they could split between the two prosecutors. I think what he described would be the best um, scenario. Sarah first, Georgia second. I think they're going to kick it out of the park tomorrow. And I think depending on when they end, we could have a verdict tomorrow afternoon on my birthday. And I have a bottle of champagne in my refrigerator right now waiting. And once again, happy birthday to Katie Cool Lady. Uh, Ferrucci, Napoli, Napoli, Georgia finally met her match in the courtroom. Charlie gave her the floor, then jabbed the hell out of her like Ali did the foreman. So some people think that Charlie beat up on Georgia. Everyone's got their right to their own opinion. The only ones right. that matter are those jurors. Tim Jansen, can't thank you enough again. Uh, you'll be back with me tomorrow, bright and early, 8.40 a.m. We'll be doing live coverage and commentary. You won't find that anywhere else, especially not at Law and Crime, uh, but you will find it here at STS. Tim, are you going to sleep tonight, Tim Jansen, despite your broken ribs? And uh, let me ask you this. How tense is it the night before closings for someone like Rashbaum, Daniel, Mr. Daniel Rashbaum, and Georgia Kaplman? Are they able to sleep the night before something like this? Are they seasoned and okay? What is their state of mind? Well, you know, what's the saying, the, the star player? If you're not a little bit nervous, you're not taking it serious. I don't care who you are, what case you've got, you're always nervous. Uh, I, I've always been nervous because you, you want to make sure you say the right thing, remember everything. You want to come across smart or at least like you're organized and you have to believe in your story. Um, and you want to make sure you don't say something stupid that they all laugh. Um, I want to clear up something. You asked me about immunity for um, Wendy. She only has use immunity. She only has immunity uh, from and derivative from the statements she testified. She doesn't have full immunity. So if they prosecute her, they would have to um, get evidence outside of that. It can be hard because of Castigar that they could argue that it came from her testimony. Um, and about Charlie's hate for his sister, if I was Georgia, I would play, I would play snippets of the tapes in my closing that would implicate Donna. The first bump, it probably involves the two of us, right? Play that tape right there. Then play the next tape. She doesn't realize how lucky she is. That is a confession. She doesn't realize what we've yeah. done for her. And third, he has an innate against her, feelings against her, because he's always covering for her. Everybody's taking care of her. Mm -hmm. We're taking risks for her. 
We do everything for little Wendy. And look at you and me, mom. We're the ones subject to all this. We've got the nerves and stress. And I would push that and play the tapes. Damn, I wish Tim was doing the closings right now. Don't you, Katie? Mm-hmm. That's a guilty verdict right there from Tim, yeah. Tim doing them. Uh, Lindsay Shea, Tim, uh, what does Tim think? You went over this a little at the top, but just to wrap it up here, Tim, what does Tim think the verdict will be and how long will the jurors be out for? Well, first you got to figure out when will the jury go out. By the time they do both closings and then the judge gives the instructions, it'll probably be after lunch. So they probably won't get the case till lunch done. So that's like four hours. The judge, now when the jury is deliberating, the judge can keep, keep them in the courthouse past six o'clock. They have overtime and they got rules for that. Uh, I'm curious to see how long he'll make them go. Um, he'll probably gauge the jurors if they have questions and there could be questions. Those happen all the time, questions. Um, and then when the questions come in, it'll be a note. I always want to look at the question because a juror four person has to sign it. Some federal judges know what I'm doing when I'm when I'm asking to see the note. He just wants to read it. I said, Judge, can we see the note? And they'll say, Mr. Jansen, I know, but it's not signed. <laughs> but we want to know. We want all the information we can get, right? We want it so we can know who wrote that question. Um, those are the little things you you do in trials, but I mean, I think Tuesday would be a reasonable time for a verdict unless he keeps him really late Monday night. A little bit. Would love to have lunch with Carmen, Dr. Burgess. We've got some signed uh, Dr. Burgess books we're going to be giving away. Uh, reminder, once again, live coverage beginning at 840. One final thing, Tim Jansen, if there is a conviction in this case, number one, are the feds watching Donna right now? And number two, does she get arrested? You know, I don't know if the feds are watching her. Um, and can she get arrested? I, I think they can, but but I'm sure they're just waiting to see what happens with this case. And I think they're going to want to talk to the jurors afterwards. And they're going to want to get the pros and cons and see if they thought, there, if, if enough jurors talk to the state and say, we think you had enough for Donna, I think they'll go forward, right? You know, they're not going to want to make a mistake. Um, I think one mistake Georgia did do I think she should have interviewed. She should have gone down there and interviewed uh, the mother and father because I think she would have found out this defense before it happened because I think they would have told her this whole defense. And um, and if they didn't tell her of the extortion defense, then they could have subpoenaed them, right, as rebuttal witnesses to his defense, right? Mm. So, you know, I you... Can I just say? Oh, you can always uh, have. You can George, have last word. George, uh, I think that Georgia ran into a very, very di uh, difficult person because Char Charlie is arrogant, mm -hmm. not polite, not respectful, uh, aggressive, nasty, and I can I can think of other adjectives, but you get it. And and um, and uh, Georgia is a a, a true well-behaved, polite, sweet person. Who is so not can I answer this question? Because it says, they said the parents would have taken the fifth. We had a hearing on that. The judge was going to hold him in contempt. He was going to put him in custody. And the lawyer for the parents said they would make him available to be interviewed. 
So I want everybody to know, Georgia could have interviewed him, interviewed them before the trial. Hmm. Uh, E Company says, Karma's so cute. Joel, not so much. I got one at least that I saw that said, be nice to your mother. Usually there's a thousand. He's disappointed. Andy School, schooling me from Detroit. Uh, S-T-S-C-O-E deserves big thank you. Uh, C-O-E, thank you for holding down the household and kids while Joel went on location. Tim and I are going to be covering more trials in the future. We're working out the deets right now. Thank you, everyone. This comment says it all. Justice for Dan Markell. Uh, Katie Cool Lady doing a act of kindness in honor of Dan Markell, as we all should be around the world. This has gotten global attention. We're going to be live. It's not too late. You can sign up on Patreon or YouTube, uh, become members. You can ask Carm anything in exactly 24 minutes. Until then, uh, we will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, 8.40 a.m. Tim Jansen and I live from the Tallahassee, Leon County Courthouse with closing arguments in the Charlie Adelson trial. Until then, love you, America. Love you, Pennsylvania. Love you, most of all, Tallahassee. Justice for Dan Martell. And I've got to play the close. Here we go. And we love you, Reese. And Phil and Shelly. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ranks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.